Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glaser. Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glaser. I am your host, Jay Glaser. And for those who are listening for the first time, the reason why I'm doing a podcast is it's time that somebody starts giving words to mental health. And God bless me with the ability to communicate. And you may know me from the NFL on Fox and Ballers and mixed martial arts. And for years, I just hid my issues. I call my depression, anxiety, ADD together. Um, I call it living in the gray. But what this journey has allowed me to do as I've started to open up, it has started to bring people into my life that I never would have been close with or never would have come across. And today's guests are one of those people and you probably know him from School of Greatness. The White House named him uh, one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under 30 in the world. He has his School of Greatness podcast. He is a all two-sport All-American. He's on the USA men's national handball team. But the thing here, and his name is Lewis House. And the thing here for me, and Lewis, welcome into the show, brother. Uh, appreciate you joining me. The thing here with us, Lewis, people out there listening why I have Lewis on besides him being an absolute rock star. When I was on my book tour, trying to just open up and talk about mental health, every once in a while, you just come across somebody in your life where, man, you just connect and you feel like you grew up with that person. And that's what Lewis was. We, I sat there with you, man, for that first podcast, that podcast you and I did. And I cried to you probably 30 times. And I did a lot of podcasts, but there's something about you something about your heart and your masculinity and vulnerability 
at the same time, which just got me to connect with you. And I'm sure that's what makes you great as an interviewer. But, man, you just have this special thing. And I'm honored that we become brothers now as a result. Thanks for having me, Jay. I appreciate it, brother. It's, uh, yeah, there's not many books that I finish from start to uh, finish. And yours, I was able to get through all the way because I think of your realness and how much I was laughing as well as, you know, you touched my heart by you opening up and you sharing your stories. And I love seeing the messages from people who've read your book and just heard your story. The more you open up about it, how, how they can relate to you. And I think me and you growing up, Jay, you know, we talked about this before, how when I was, you know, eight years old, 12 years old, 16 year old, year old playing sports with other guys, I was never allowed to show emotion unless it was one emotion, anger or stoicism, mm -hmm. right? It was like you either have to have full passion and anger towards being on attack in the basketball court, football field, whatever it might be. But I could never put my arm around a buddy of mine and show any other emotion. Otherwise, I would be made fun of, picked on, pushed off, you know, said all these things about me. And so I think for guys like me and you growing up, we had big hearts. We had a lot of feeling. We had a range of emotion, but we weren't allowed to express it. And I think like a lot of men, they weren't allowed to either, which causes a lot of anxiety, stress, depression, tension, overwhelm, pressure, unlike the good type of pressure. You know, there's, right. there's a healthy pressure and an unhealthy pressure. And I think um, with the unhealthy pressure, you explode. With the healthy pressure, you create a diamond. And so it's learning how to use the range of emotions so that we can mold ourselves into the beautiful diamonds we are. We both grew up with learning disabilities, right? I had, yeah. I had ADD. I'd be on ADD. I had elemental P, you know, and then I was in, <laughs> I was told I have a learning disability. I'm like, and to this day, I'm like, no, I just learned differently than the rest of y'all. And you have yes. dyslexia, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's hard for me to finish reading a book because yeah. it's, I, I can read a page and then I keep reading the same page because I'm like, what did this just happen? What does this word say? And, and I remember thinking something was wrong with me because yeah. of that. You know, I was, when I went to eighth grade, I went to a different school in eighth grade. So they had these, all these standardized tests for me to enter to see where my skill level was. And I had a second grade reading level in eighth grade. And so I remember feeling so humiliated because during recess um, or during the lunch break, which was kind of like the outdoor playground recess thing, everyone was, you know, yeah. out playing outside, hanging out. I was in the classroom one-on-one. -on -one learning how to read still. And that happened all the way through high school for me. Lewis, you and I have had a lot of similarities, right? So I was broke at one point. I went from broke to unbreakable, right? I've known all you were broke, living on your sister's couch. I learned disability growing up in ADD. You had dyslexia and you, right. know, you had a lot of childhood trauma also. Um, so we, we have a lot of similarities. When did you realize nothing's wrong with me? I'm just different than people, but that doesn't mean something's wrong with me. Oh, man. Shoot. The moment I think I found out that I, something wasn't wrong with me was, was when I was 30 years old. Wow. I went to, uh, I was having a lot of different challenges in my life at the time. Everything on the outside seemed like it was going well. I was making money. My business was growing. I had just gotten into a new relationship. All these different things seemed like they were going well until about, you know, a few months later. When it, I thought everything was going to be perfect, everything started going wrong in my life. My business partnership started not working. Uh, the intimate relationship I was in I was having a lot of up and down challenges. And I, I felt like I was reacting to everything in the world. I would play pickup basketball and I would get in pretty much a fight almost every time I would go play over a fun pickup basketball game. I would drive down the street in LA, maybe 
maybe this happens for everyone in LA traffic, but I would drive down the street in LA traffic and I would get annoyed and frustrated and screaming at people pretty much every day for any little thing that would happen. If someone cut me off, even if they weren't trying to, I would take it personally. And so there were so many things happening that felt like the world was against me, that like everything was an attack against me personally in life. And I felt like I needed to defend myself against everyone and everything. And this was happening for many months. And I remember I got into a pretty, one of these days at the basketball court, I got into a pretty bad fight, fist fight. It wasn't just like a shoving and, you know, right. screaming match. It was an actual fist fight. And I remember my friend, a good buddy of mine was there that I'd known for a long time. And he goes, afterwards, the day later, he goes, what are you doing, man? Like, we're just, we're having fun. And you're over here picking fights with people for no reason. Some, some punks who were just having a pick a basketball game. Why did you get into a physical fist fight? I mean, there's like blood on the court, the whole thing, right? It was like a big deal. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know why. Like, I really don't know why. And he goes, to be honest, man, I don't want to hang out with you anymore if you're going to keep wow. acting like this. Because you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get me hurt. Like, I don't know what's going on. We, why can't we just have fun? Why does everything have to be a fight? You know, I wasn't fighting with him, but he was in, he was there and he could have got hurt. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, this is a wake up call. Like, my best friend, who I've known for the longest, doesn't want to hang out with me if I keep behaving this way. And that was a wake up call. I mean, he wasn't like mean about it. He was just like, man, you need, right. you got to change something. This doesn't work for real me. friend. Exactly. And, um, and I remember saying, okay, let me take a look in the mirror and see what's going on. Like what's, what's wrong with me? What is something I need to improve or why am I acting this way? Long story short, I started going to all the different experts that I could, different therapists. I started doing, taking workshops. I started reading books about just emotional intelligence, healing, all these different things to see, is there something wrong with me or is everyone else messed up? And I'm the one who's okay and everyone else is just messed up <laughs> and no one understands and no one gets me, right? That was kind of like, no one gets me, all that stuff. Yeah. And I went to this workshop for, um, it was like a five-day workshop that that changed everything for me. It really opened up my life in a different way. There were many different, it was an emotional intelligence workshop in LA and there were many different exercises, many different conversations, uh, group, get little games that you would play that would help you reflect on your life. So we create a scenario, things would happen. And then after the, the scenario, you would reflect about it. You would journal about it. You would ask yourself, okay, why did I react this way? Why did I show up this way? And then they would to help us essentially find the things that were hurting us the most and start the healing process and start unwinding them and reflecting on those things in our life, whether it be childhood or traumatic events. And one of the days in this workshop, there was a moment about halfway through where the trainer said, okay, we've gone over all these things from our past. We've talked about our parents. We talked about past relationships. We talked about things that hurt us in our life. And now we're going to start creating a vision for our future of what we want to create in our life. What's the, what's our ideal relationships want to look like? Our careers, all these different things, our health. What do we, what do we want them to look like? In order to do that, we need to make sure there's nothing uncovered. There's no stone unturned from the past. So if there's anything you need to say, now is your moment. And I remember thinking to myself, man, okay, I talked about you know, my brother going to prison for four years and how that affected me as a young boy and what I had to go through experiencing that. I talked about my parents going through a divorce. I talked about different breakups. I talked about these, all these different challenges that I had had as a kid, all this different stuff. And I feel good because I finally started to open up about these challenges. But I was like, hmm, 
what about that one thing that no one has ever heard me say? What about that one thing that no one knows about me? That one thing that if anyone knew this about me, no one would love me. No one would accept me. Everyone would think Mm -hmm. I was wrong. And I was like, why is this one thing in my mind always come up pretty much every single day? But I've never had the courage to tell anyone, no, my parents, not friends, no one for 25 years. And so for whatever reason, in this environment, in this event, I stood up and I shared the story for the first time at 30 years old about being sexually abused when I was five years old by a man that I didn't know. Mm. And, and I told the whole story. And for the first time, and I remember at the end, being so scared, I started weeping. I started crying. I left the room. I ran out of the room afterwards because I was afraid that essentially my life was over now. That's what I was afraid. There was probably 40 people in the room. And it was still today one of the most memorable moments of my life, one of the most touching moments of my life. As I'm outside, I left this kind of hotel conference room after I shared this story. I'm, I'm crying. I leave the room. And I literally go outside of the hotel. And there was kind of like a back, I don't know, street or back alley behind the hotel that I went out to. And I was just like, had my head, uh, my hand against my head, leaning against kind of this back wall across the street. And I remember just being like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm not going back in there. Uh, My life is over. Now these people know this about me. And again, this is probably one of the most beautiful memories that I have. There was a man that came out from the event probably a 55-year-old man, and I'm 30 at this time. And he comes out, he touches my back and my shoulder, he grabs me, he turns me around, he looks me, he stares at me, holds my shoulders, looks me in the eyes, and he says, you're my hero. Oh my he holds God. my shoulder, says, says, you're my hero. Wow. He says, I've been holding this for 50 years. I've got three kids. My wife doesn't know. My kids don't know. I was sexually abused over and over again as a child. And I thought I was going to hold this to my grave. And I was just like, I'm like already emotional wreck. I'm I'm looking at this guy thinking, what is happening right now? And he tells me a story. He like gives me this, you know, vulnerable stare, holding my shoulders. He pulls me in, he grabs me, hugs me. And I was just, we're both now I'm weeping even more because now I feel for once I feel accepted for the first time by a man in a vulnerable conversation, because that had never happened before. And so I go, wow. What was crazier is one by one, there's probably like, I don't know, 15, 20 men in the group of this 40-person group. One by one, the men in the room came out, and they all shared a vulnerable story with me. Not everyone had dealt with sexual abuse, but right. more of them had who hadn't opened up. You almost gave and them they permission all to. Talking. Yeah. And, um, and that's why the first guy was like, you're my hero, because he didn't have the courage wow. to do it. And I was just, I was just at a point in my life where I was like, I need some type of answer because inside I felt suffocated. I felt like I was, you know, again, thriving on the inside, quote unquote, where I was accomplishing, you know, I was winning in sports. I was making money. All these things were happening. You know, I was getting praised by the white house, all this different stuff, but on the inside I had no peace. And I think that was the turning point. It was a journey of healing. It wasn't like everything happened overnight and I, and I was all, and I was better all of a sudden, but it was, it was a journey of healing. And I'll tell you the moment when I realized nothing was wrong with me, it, that started it. But then after that experience, after that workshop is really when the work began because it took a couple of years to process the sexual abuse, to process talking about it in, in a comfortable way where I wasn't 
stuttering or shaking or my nervous system wasn't like reacting to that, that memory, that moment. So it took a couple of years of healing and of that experience. And that was me diving all in on processing. It wasn't just like, okay, I said it, now I'm fine. It was like, I'm going to keep doing the work for the next couple of years until I feel peaceful about it. And there was a moment where I was talking to another uh, kind of counselor therapist friend a few months later, and I told them this story. And I said, I still haven't told my family, right? My siblings, my parents, I still haven't told them because I'm afraid that they won't accept me, that they'll think something's wrong mm. with me. Yeah, I was still afraid. I was like, you know, here's this, it was kind of a group, this is a workshop of like strangers, kind of random people that I didn't really know. If they don't accept me, okay, it's, it's at least I'm never going to see them again type of feeling. But my family, my friends, I still hadn't told them. And I was like, what if, what if they think something's wrong with me? Um, then I have to live with them, you know, or I have to, you know, be excommunicated from this family group. So I, I asked the therapist, I said, um, how can I communicate this to my family in a way that they can hear it in a way that we can have a conversation and where I can feel safe and, and loved. And she said, ask them this question before you tell them what happened. And the question was, is there anything that I could ever do or say that would make you not love me? So she said, ask that to wow. your, your family members, Man, call each powerful. one of them or see them. I was powerful. Yeah. I was not in, wow. I was not in the same city with them. So I called them each individually and I said, Hey, I've got something I want to share with you, but I'm a little scared to share it. Uh, so I wanted to ask you first, is there anything I could ever say or do that would make you not love me? And all of them were like, no, there's absolutely not. There's nothing you could ever say or do that would make me not love you. And I said, okay. So I felt safe to, to share something that was on my heart and mind that was vulnerable. And so I, each one of them, I kind of retold the story to, and I was, terrified and I was scared, but there was a, a safety in that first question that allowed me to express and have courage to talk about it. And I think that was a powerful experience, kind of those phone calls with my family members and then with friends talking to friends where I felt like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Did every one of them accept you and then praise you for speaking about it, or did anybody shun you for it? No one shunned See? me for it. They all accepted me. Yeah, there, there might have been a, there might have been like one or two people that were like, didn't know how to handle the conversation. Yeah, yeah. They were like, and, and it probably means something happened with them that they were uncomfortable mm-hmm. and not, not ready to talk about. So that was fine, but no one didn't accept me. And I think that was a beautiful thing because I thought everyone was going to make fun of me, uh, laugh at me, or just be like, oh, get away from me. You know, I don't want to be around you anymore. And I think again, because, you know, guys like me and you were probably conditioned that way in childhood growing up that we couldn't even put our arm around a buddy of ours without being told, right. you know, some name that isn't, isn't a good name. Right. <laughs> and so uh, the, the fear was always inside of me. Like no one will ever accept me. Something is wrong with me. I'm bad and wrong. And I think that was a, a beautiful healing journey of that experience to say, okay, I'm not. And my family still loves me. And in fact, my family loved me even more because here's what happened, Jason, you know, this, here's what happened. As I shared the story with each one of them, each one of them, we, we created a deeper bond because each one of them opened up to me about something that they had went through that I had no clue about when they were younger. Wow. It, it wasn't sexual trauma or anything, but it was right. other vulnerable things. Something they had to overcome. Them. Yeah. 100%. And I never knew these things. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, my gosh. So all of a sudden, we had this deeper relationship, this deeper connection and acceptance and appreciation of one another. And I started doing that with my friends. Yeah. And it was a, a game changer. And like you, I thought I had a responsibility and kind of a duty to start talking about it more. The responses I was getting from friends and family was overwhelming. And I remember after about, I don't know, nine months of kind of opening up to just friends and family and processing it and feeling a lot better inside, I was like, man, this is a bigger issue than I think people are even aware of. You the know, 10 years ago, no yeah, no one was talking about, you know, sexual abuse with men uh, 10 years ago or how to overcome these type of traumas with men 10 years ago. I, and, and growing up, I don't know if you saw this, Jay, but growing up, I never saw any athlete or any rock star or any male kind of iconic figure open up on TV and say, mm-hmm. I dealt with sexual abuse as a kid. Right. And here's what you can do if you've ever experienced this. I, we just never witnessed this. Right. And so it was always kind of like, I always felt like I was the only one in the yeah. world this happened to. Something must be wrong with me. Yeah, you, so I can never share this. You paved the way for a lot of people. And, you know, it's interesting because you're, you're talking about how much closer it's gotten you with other people. Every single person I've opened up to about my, my gray, my fucked upness, it's just gotten us closer together. No one told me I'm a wuss. No one's told me to suck it up. And then, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's our way of being of service because then people start 
opening up about the things that's been hidden behind their rib cage for years and years and years and years. Absolutely. And I think that's, uh, that's probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. You know, you've opened, you know, one of the most successful gyms in the world. You're on Fox TV. You're, you know, friends with the biggest celebrities in the world. You can hang out with anyone you want. You've made money, done all these things, but probably one of the most and yet impactful I'm lonely as fuck things between the ears. But go ahead. <laughs> what are you going to say? But probably one of the most impactful and rewarding accomplishments is you being able to share about this on your show, talk about this on Fox, talk about this in your book and get messages back and phone calls back from men and women who are just like, wow, I never knew this. Thank you for opening up and letting me know that I can open up as well. And the most rewarding times of your life are probably having those vulnerable, intimate conversations with friends, family, fans who open up to you and say, I've been going through this my whole life. Thank you for giving me permission to start telling my partner about this, my family about this, my friends about this, and allowing me to process these things. Thank you for telling me that, you know, me being messed up means I'm not messed up and it's okay and I can accept and love myself. And I think your, your mission and your consistent path doing this, but that is probably the most impact you'll have on humanity more than the fame, more than the Fox, you know, the big NFL stuff, all that stuff. Well, the fame and the fortune didn't lead to rainbows and unicorns. I thought it would, and I thought it would cover up a lot of the pain, (laughs) right? I'm like, I'm sure like you, right? Like, shit, hey, we're here now, but wait, no, we're the rainbows and unicorns. It's not like that. If we don't know how to love ourselves from the inside out, no amount of money in the world makes, yes, it allows us to pay our bills better. No doubt. Okay. And we can go to yep. cool vacations and shit, but no, but then also suddenly we have more to lose also, but it's, it didn't, it didn't help me in any way. But like you having all these issues, dyslexia, being molested, it motivated you to do all these great things, right? Cause you had to sort of get some acceptance from the inside Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Same, same with me. Yeah. It motivated me for sure. Big time. And it made me. Say, okay, I don't love myself. I don't accept myself. What can I do to gain yeah. acceptance and acknowledgement? Yeah. Let me become really good at sports because I'm not getting in school. Let me, you know, learn business, yeah. all these different things. So it was the driver to be accepted and loved as opposed to figuring out how to just accept and love myself for who I am. You talked about our, the responses. It, and for me, man, and I think my life has just started now. I'm 52. And it's the first time I've felt like it's okay for me to operate in the blue and maybe I'm worthy of it. And, mm. um, and I've told you that, like, man, I, I like being in the gray is fucking lonely. And you'd think this guy has it yeah. all. And I have almost all, but not the thing that's most important to me, mm-hmm. which is that self love. What's most, what's most important? It's self love. That's most important to me. That's self love, that love and feeling loved. And, and I've always felt unlovable. And I haven't had love and I've had, I've had one bad marriage that, you know, was 10 months and that was it. Um, and I've always wanted love and I just haven't had it. But I think for a long time, I, I felt I wasn't worthy of receiving it. And, and now, mm. now I'm learning that I am. So I feel like my life is starting. So I get these messages now, like from grandmother saying like, you know, man, mm. thank you so much. This is the first time in 80 years. You're someone's giving me the words so my family can understand me. And I had, I have somebody who's coming on the wow. podcast soon. Also a guy named Keith Madden who told me I was on the way to commit suicide. And I ran into your book at a target and read it. And I've read it in a day and a half and turned back around and went home and realized I don't need to kill myself. Wow. 
But so these things wow. are like, wow. So give me your one or two messages that you've gotten since you've started to open up. Oh man. That just will make me cry my eyes out. Oh man. Uh, you know, when I, when I opened up about it for the first time publicly, this was like nine years ago. I remember thinking my life is going to be over when I tell the world about this. Like if I open up to my audience, again, this is a small audience at the time, 10 years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, but I have a responsibility and duty. And this was becoming bigger than me, bigger than my business. I was like, if I lose all my money because of this, but one man is healed or one man feels that they can accept themselves and not have to suffer like I did for 25 years, it would be worth it to me because the the relief that I had from this process, healing journey was so profound. So I remember asking a friend of mine, I said, hey, listen, I think I want to open about this on my podcast. Again, this is almost 10 years ago when no one was opening up about stuff online. No one was being vulnerable online. It was like, you have to prove yourself and show your highlights. And that was it. I remember asking a friend and saying, hey, will you interview me on my show and facilitate this process of like how to navigate this? Then I also called a few kind of female leaders and I said, listen, I'm thinking of doing this. What's the best approach to do this? How can I share this the right way so it doesn't come across weird? Again, now we see this more and more. It's like, it's like accepted, right. but no but one had posted, yeah. I've been sexually abused. Right. There's no guidebook back then. Man, How do you come out? That I had seen. There was, there was no, I didn't see, I just hadn't seen it. Right? right. So I was like, I have no idea. So I got all this kind of advice from people I trusted who I respected in the space. I record this episode. This guy interviews me and I, and I share this whole episode. Right. Then I remember. After recording it, I held it for six months. I didn't post it for wow. six months. I, I was like, okay. I was like, do I really want my life to be over publicly? You know, privately, I'm fine. My friends, my family love me, but do I want my business and my career to be done? So I was still living in fear. And I remember saying, I think this is the final step for me to have courage, like to be able to not care what people think, but be of service to helping people heal. That was kind of the final step. And I was focused on my image still. Oh, what are people going to think about me? What are people going to say about me? I was really worried about that. So I remember posting this at like, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I posted it on my blog and I just put one tweet out and I shared it. And I said, I'm closing my computer. I'm going to bed. You know, my, my business career is over in the morning. So let me just go to bed in peace and not look at anything. But I wake up the next morning and um, I have never had, it's still today, my biggest post and episode on my show in 10 years, right? I've had some of the biggest names in the world on, right? Jay Glazer's been on the show, right? <laughs> but this is still one of the biggest, one of the most impactful posts that I've had. And for two weeks, I was getting essays and essays, hundreds of emails and essays from men opening up. And there's not one that I can remember that was like, they all touched me, but yeah. just the, the volume of emails that I got in the length of detail. I know you get this all the time now of men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s saying similar things that that one man said to me and said, you're my hero. I've had three kids. I've been married for 20, 30 years. No one knows, not even my wife. Thank you for giving me permission. It was kind of like that story over and over again. And for about two weeks, I had this, I don't know if you call it emotional hangover, but I was I, it was hard for me to really do anything. I was reading these messages and the weight and the emotional pain and suffering of these men of people, affected yeah. me big time physically mm-hmm. that I really couldn't do anything for a couple of weeks except for just be like, wow, there's so much suffering from men in the world. And yet none of these men have felt that they have the ability to talk about it openly. 
while being accepted. Again, for me, guys like me and you, there was no one when we were younger, mm-hmm. when we were 5, 10, 12, 15 playing sports, there was no one on TV saying, 20, hey, 25, 30, never... keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our whole lives. There was no one that's, that said, hey, if you feel like you're not accepted, if you feel like you're bad in school, if you feel like you have a mental challenge or you're, you're struggling in some way, or if you feel like you're emotionally a wreck, or if you feel like you've been used by your parents sexually, physically, emotionally, it's okay. Here's the steps to take. Here's somewhere to call. Here's where you can go. Here's what you can do. We never had that, right? So there was never this acceptance or this place where we were able to talk about these things. And so I think that was the play. That was the moment in time where I felt like, okay, nothing is wrong with me anymore. There were things that were wrong that happened in my life, but it doesn't mean me as a human is a wrong human. And that allowed me to start the healing journey. I have this line I, in a chapter of my book, you never know what lies around next Tuesday. And, you know, I'm going to try and say this the right way with you, but it's basically, man, things that have happened to us that could have broken us. And because it didn't, we were around for something magical to happen. So like I chose my co-author, Sarah, only because she'd beaten cancer. No other reason. And I didn't let her know until I sent in the entire book, except for the final chapter. And, you know, I get choked up emotional talking about it because her reaction and everybody's reaction when I sent it. And I said, Sarah, I know it sucked. You had cancer. I totally know it did. But if you didn't and you didn't beat it, I wouldn't have chosen you and we wouldn't be on this journey together. And this book has lifted her an awful lot. Same thing. She's got these amazing messages. So I know it sucked. No, it sucked. But this is what it led yeah. to. And MVP was started basically our charity yeah. by a little kid named Logan Nobriga who who I befriended and who had beaten leukemia twice. And I'm like, I know it sucked that you had leukemia. But if you didn't, man, this wouldn't, this MVP foundation wouldn't start. And there'd be a lot of veterans who aren't with us today. Do you realize now, are you able to compartmentalize and go, man, it fucking sucked that I was molested. (laughs) But yeah, but almost like saying, if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have been able to there be able to, to save so many others now. Yeah. Are you able to 100%. gift it now inside you behind your ribcage? Yeah, hundred percent. Because, you know, the impact that we can make when we start to share our story in this way, whether it be on one person or many people, yeah. uh, it's worth it for me, that type of impact, that type of discovery for people uh, and how their lives start to change from that move, moment moving forward. Just like mine changed when I started to open up, I went a different direction. I want a direction of more peace, of more, uh, you know, personal growth, of more acceptance of myself, healing, all these different things. And um, it's funny because now when a moment happens in my life where I feel like, oh, that's, that was a challenging moment, whether it be in my business or personal life or something, right? When, when something happens now, whereas in the past, when something would happen in my life, I'd be like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I have to deal with this thing, whatever it is. Uh, but when something happens now, I look 5, 10, 20 years out. And I think of hindsight now. We look back at hindsight and we say, oh, all these things happen because now I'm here now and it's helping me impact people or it's setting me up in a certain way or whatever it might be. So when a challenge happens now, I think about the future and I say, okay, I'm having hindsight now in the future. And I'm saying, okay, this is happening because it's developing a better leader, more more accepting, uh, more patient, more 
humble, whatever it might be, to be of service in a greater way. And it's shaping and shifting me to develop into a better person. And if I can look now from the future as if I'm 10 years out, then the moments don't seem as overwhelming. They might feel like life is over or something is like horrible in the moment. But when you think of like, oh, in 10 years from now, what is this lesson going to help you for your future self? It all starts to make sense. But it's really hard when you're in the, in, in the middle of the mess. You know, when you're in the gray yeah. for, for 90 days in a row and you feel like, well, I can't get out of this. You're asking yourself why, you know, but yeah. in five, 10 years, you're going to know why. It wasn't until I went to Thailand a couple of weeks ago or for the first time in my life. It was yeah, the first man, time that was life. That seemed like a big right. journey. It was a huge one for me. And I've been, and every Friday, I now kind of, you know, impart of things I've learned over there from monks and, and different people and gurus and, and all that. It's been incredible, but it wasn't until then, man, when I was sitting there on my own little self-reflection journey where it came to me like, man, I was putting this kind of pain so I could help others mm-hmm. through theirs. Yeah. And that was liberating for me. Like, cause, cause again, like you said, like I was angry. Like I'm a huge God guy, but I was like angry at the universe. Like, how can I be in this much pain? Why am I always so lonely? Right. How am I always so unloved? And then it was almost like, can't. Hey, we love you, but you almost, you've got to be in this kind of pain because you're going to help so many others through theirs. And man, it was liberating for me. It was the first night I went to sleep without use of an Ambien in 30 years. Really? Yes. Like, Holy I was cow. always at war with were, the universe. I know, man. When you told me you were going this journey before you left, I was so excited for you because I was like, if you can just stick to the plan of like, you know, no social media, no phone type of thing for 30 days and really just be in nature and work out and reflect, I go, man, this is going to be life changing for you. So I'm yeah. so glad. And I know we haven't fully caught up on about, we've yeah, we got a little to. bit about this, but I'm excited to, to hang soon and learn more about yes. the whole journey because this is life defining for you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Again, like, and I want people to understand that it's never too late to have that moment in your life, right? You got mm-hmm. it at 30. I got it now at 52 yeah. of, okay, now I understand why I have right. this pain. And, but we have to use that pain. We got to be of service to other people with this pain. A hundred percent without sharing the whole, everything. But what's the number one thing you got out of that experience about yourself? The shift in the way I talk about myself from Jay Glazer, you're an unlovable piece of shit to that little kid in you and you, like you overcame all these things. So be your own hero. And I just talked about that recently. Man. So like they said to me, Hey, if some guy, cause they're like, you talk about yourself. So self-loathing and I said, well, I must be a piece of shit because I'm just so unlovable, so unloved. And even though there is a lot of love, I just feel it, feel unloved in my heart and in, in my soul a lot of times. And they said, well, man, you've overcome a lot then. I said, well, yeah. And you've endured a lot. Yeah. You've achieved a lot, right? Would you admit that? I said, yeah. They said, okay, well, if some guy came into your life and he got you to overcome all the stuff you overcame, endure all the things you've endured, swam upstream to overcome all these other obstacles and then achieved all this great stuff you've achieved, wouldn't that guy be your hero? And I said, well, yeah. They said, that's you. That's you. Mm. You're the one who did that. You overcame it. The reason why it's called unbreakable is things that tried to break me but couldn't. But I had to start appreciating the fact that I'm the one. And that little kid of me who felt so damaged and beaten down that's the gangster that got me to overcome all this stuff. And I need to start loving him up. So I had to start going back to childhood and start loving him up from the inside out. Wow. And I do it every day now. That's powerful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. What, what's, and I know it's probably hard to answer just one, but give us something, give my listener something that somebody said to you on your show mm-hmm. that to this day, man, it stuck. It just stood out so much and so loud for you. Um, when I had Kobe on, it was pretty profound, to be honest. Sometimes you meet people who are very famous or very successful and they underwhelm you. They kind of let you down, right? You've been around every famous person there is, every famous athlete, celebrity. And I was pleasantly surprised by his presence, his peace, and the way he opened up about love. Now, I ask a lot of vulnerable, intimate questions. And so I just think most people hadn't asked him these things yet. They're more asking about the championships and all his mindset. And I was like, what's your definition of love? And he started opening up about love. And he said, here's what love means to me. And I talked about, like, why do you think you were so successful in sports emotionally? And he said when he was, uh, I think he was 13, he was in the summer league. And he didn't score one point the whole summer. And I was kind of blown away. I was like, you didn't get at least one lucky layup in there. And he goes, I didn't score one point in a whole summer league tournament that he was in. And I go, <clears throat> come on, you're the greatest, right? You didn't get one layup? And he goes, no, didn't get one. I think he was 12 or 13, he said. And he said that was a turning point for him because his dad at the time said, I don't care if you ever score, I'm still going to love you. Whether you're the best, whether you don't get any points, I'm going to love you no matter what. And he said hearing that from his father gave him permission to say, okay, I'm going to play all out, right? I cannot fail, so let me play all out. The next summer he came back, he like dominates at 14 or 15, and then things start to really shift for him. 
but he said his, his father telling him like, I'm going to love you no matter what. I think it was really powerful because that I went back to our, our reflection when I was 30 and asking that question, is there anything I could ever say or do that would make you not love me? And the people in my life saying, no, you can do anything. Maybe I'll be disappointed, but I'm still going to love you. You know, if you do something horrible in the world, I, I may be let down, but I'm still going to love you. And I think hearing that from Kobe, you know, this was after he'd won five NBA championships after he just won the Oscar at that time. And so he was on, you know, the top, top. Right. And, and I think that was a powerful moment hearing him talk about love, talk about acceptance um, from his father and, and what love means to him. So that was, that was a beautiful story for me. I usually do this with our veterans. Like, what are you proud of? And a lot of times they'll push back, go, well, I'm not proud of killing somebody. I said, I didn't ask that. Give me something you're proud of. Cause they're always told to not talk about it. And you know, we, we don't brag about our stuff. I'm like, fuck that. Let's start bragging about ourselves and be yeah. proud of yourself. I got on you on that. Cause you, people don't know this about Lewis, but at one point he had the single game receiving record in NCAA history. Mm-hmm. And you started yep. kind of shitting on yourself on them. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> right? My brother, you fucking did it, right? And you were like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, don't give me a yeah, but. Well, it wasn't at for <laughs> Alabama. It was, I don't give a fuck. You did yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. I try and get them to, to be proud of, of anything. Uh-huh. What are you most proud of? Hmm. The thing I'm most proud of is is reconnecting with the the little boy inside of me kind of like you were just sharing and having a different relationship with those memories of my past with feeling unlovable, feeling unseen, feeling taken advantage of feeling abused and reconnecting with the the boy inside of me and having a deeper relationship. That might sound a little weird for us to talk about here, but I, I know you just started going no. through this process. Doesn't, start, doesn't sound weird. Having, yeah. having a, but having a relationship with the boy inside of me that never felt like he was enough and healing that process. And saying, listen, thank you so much for getting us to where we are in our life together. Thank you for overcoming the challenges. Thank you for dealing with all the mess you had to deal with and staying alive. Thank you for thriving in certain times. Thank you for your heart, your dedication, your commitment, your passion to overcome everything and get us to where we are. I am here for you now. I am the adult in the room. I've got your back and we are in this together and I'm going to take you as far as you want to go. And so having that relationship with the little boy inside of me, that person that felt like he was never good enough, that he was wrong, that he was messed up. And healing that journey has been the thing I'm most proud of because I have peace for the first time in my life in the last couple of years. I have peace and I never had that before. And it's one of the greatest gifts that I could ever give myself. Man, I love hearing this because it validates something else I learned when I was in Thailand for these monks. They bring me in. And, and first of all, they're like, Ooh, you're in a lot of pain. You got to learn how to love yourself. This is before I ever said a word. I walked in and they looked at me and then wow. Southern monk walks over and he, he hugs me. He goes, we're all going to be praying for you this week. And I'm like, damn, oh there's eight other people here. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> oh my God. But they said, all right, we need you to sit in your pain. And I said, mm. I sit in my pain every day. They said, no, you experience your pain every day. Uh-huh. We want you to sit in your pain. And they said, who do you call the little kid in you? Was it Jay growing up? I said, no, it was actually Jason. My real name's Jason. I said, okay, we want you to sit in your pain, really experience it, sit in that pain, and we want you to hold little Jason's hand. Put your arm around him. So wow. be okay. 
You know, mm-hmm. can you hear me? I'm getting choked up saying it because, <clears throat> man, it's, it's a lot. But they're like, it's time he heals and you have to heal him. So I said, and I kept Dude. like, how do I do that? Right. And they're like, show him compassion because he never felt he had any. Just hold little Jason's hand. Mm-hmm. Right. How powerful is that? And that's I, exactly I don't know what I, you're saying. I don't know if I showed you this, but I had this on my phone of myself when I was a kid. I don't know if wow. you can see this. And for people, for people just listening, you're not going to see it. But on my cell phone on the, the cover, I have a photo of myself when I was younger. And I've had a different photo when I was even younger on my phone for the last year and a half. And now I have an older version. He's probably like 9 to 10 right here. So I'm reconnecting with the different stages of my childhood as an adult and saying, man, at this stage, you felt unlovable, unseen, not enough. I'm going to hold your hand, put my arm around you and tell you, I got your back. You are lovable. You are enough. And kind of reemerge that experience from the childhood to now so that I don't have to have the memories of those painful things. I can reconnect with them in a loving way. So I'm so glad you're doing that work. It's going to transform your life forever yeah. if you continue to do it. It is. It already is, man. And and, and every time I, I go back to it now, and I'm just like, hey, man, and I'll thank him. Like, hey, you got us to this. I said, I'm a warrior now. 100%. Right? And Jay's the warrior. And Jay will now protect you, but you led the way for us. And it's a totally different 100%. way to talk to myself back then. 100%. I, yeah. Don't don't beat yourself up anymore. Now just love on yourself. Yeah. No, amazing, man. Well, brother, I love you, dude. I appreciate you coming on here, dude, man. I appreciate it. Two doodly dudes be able to talk like this. <laughs> You know, who would have thought two years ago, 10 years ago, right? It's beautiful. It's powerful. powerful. I I appreciate you having me on, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you, man. And enjoy. Listen, you're out there in Hawaii and you took time out. I made you wake up early. Lewis Howes, my brother, thank you for walking this walk together with me. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.